Welcome to the Managing Madrid Podcast. This is your host, Kian Sobani. It is Tuesday morning of Real Madrid's preseason game against Arsenal. And this episode is brought to you by the Ryu Plaza, New York Times Square, located in the heart of this great city of New York and is surrounded by emblematic sites such as Central Park, Rockefeller Center, the Empire State Building, Carnegie Hall, the luxury stores on Fifth Avenue. Its extraordinary location makes the hotel the ideal spot from which to enjoy the authentic pace of New York life and an interesting array of cultural and leisure activities. The 29 floors of the Rio Plaza New York Times Square Hotel stand out because of their cutting edge and elegant design, and there are more than 600 rooms perfectly equipped with a mini refrigerator, desk, television, multimedia connections, central air conditioning and heating, among other amenities which have been designed to offer you maximum comfort. I know a lot of you will be in New York this weekend for Real Madrid's preseason game on Friday against Atletico. If you are, make sure your stay is booked at Ryu Hotel Times Square. You can book it at ryu.com. That's riu.com. And once you're done with that, make sure to get live tickets to our live podcast in Manhattan at the Playwright Irish Pub. Gabe Lesra and I will be on stage to record a live show and We'd love to meet you. Come out, have some drinks. If you're in New York, if you're anywhere close to New York, come see us. Uh, We'd love to see you guys. And uh, just in on Saturday at 5 p.m. at the same pub, Playwright Irish Pub, we're also just going to go there for drinks. There will be, I think, four Managing Madrid staff members-ish. We're not entirely sure yet at at that meet and greet. Um, But also a bunch of Pena members. The New York Pena will be there. Pena members from all over the place will be there. Um, before they take off and get back on their planes and get back to their city. So itinerary, Friday night at the game at the MetLife Stadium. Saturday, Playwright Irish Pub, 5 p.m., come out. Sunday night is a live podcast at the Playwright Irish Pub, 7 p.m., which you can buy tickets to. They're 10 bucks, uh, and and come do a live recording with us. Um, a couple things before we start talking about Arsenal and Ceballos with Travis King of the Short Fuse. Um, if you want to know more about the Bale situation, or at least want to have a written kind of scope of what happened with Bale and Zidane and Bale's agent and the club and why this has all been gone public and blown up and and some of it's been taken out of context, I've written about this for 442 today. Go to 442.com. My column today was about everything about that situation and, and looking at it from every angle and kind of putting everything in its place. So go to 442.com for that. And the last thing before we get started is patron shoutouts. Tonight's patron podcast post-game show uh, will, will be only for patrons. If you want access to that, make sure to go to patreon.com slash Madrid to pledge. And I wanted to give a quick shout-out to our $10-plus patrons who get a specific shout-out on the podcast. Shout-out to Mikhail Nilsson, Frederick Sundros, John Fernandez, Said Mahad, Nick DiStefani, Adam Dorsey, Leon Stavernakis, Frederick Rantakiro, Christian Gonzalez, Bjorn Salvador, Essa Hariri, Sergio Monleon, Ilian Zako, Yahya Ibrahim, Willie Reed, Nick Ribeiro, Eric Rogers, Sad Omar, Sheikh Atiri, Oluwapamimo, Oladunjoy, Patrick Odayafari, Christian Toft, Dan Berthy, Armin Gashi, Tarek Sphere, Kunal Telekar, Marin Myrtle, Tyler Dixon, Raghav Potluri, Vicky Cohen, Gary Kohut, Sujaiwani, Peña Maridista, San Francisco Bay Area, Brennan Stevens, Casper Muscala, Catherine Fagundo, Vinod Baratula, Zoran Bosanchic, Swaya Ayala, Crystal Glass, Rafael Servia, Yihin Liang, Karen Scherer, Ruben, Somanchu Singh, 
Brennan Powers, Rovi Tariev, Emil Shabal Sharapa, Fabian Moreno, Varun Bernard Kufour, Magnus Lex, Jason Fitz, Anton Hackberg, and Solomon Ortiz. You guys are freaking amazing. And without further ado, this is the Managing Midget Podcast with myself, Kian Sobani, and Travis King of SB Nation's Short Fuse, the Arsenal website. Let's go. Nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. Uh, wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Karim Benzema needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. All right, we have Travis King uh, here on the podcast. We're very excited to be joined by him. He is uh, one of the head honchos at SB Nation's The Short Fuse. And uh, yeah, we're always excited to have Arsenal fans on the rare times they happen because uh, they're so long-suffering that we have to kind of nurture them and pamper them and, and make them feel right at home so they feel comfortable. Travis, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. Um it's kind of rare that we do have Arsenal fans now that I think about it on the podcast. I think we've had we've had people on the show not as Arsenal fans, but we know they support Arsenal, like Alex Kirkland, who's come on the show before, Miran, who is a mutual friend of ours, and um, yep. Alan Smith, who was on the podcast a couple of months ago, who played for Arsenal. Um, yeah. But in terms of just like purely talking about Arsenal, I, I never really get to do this. So one of the things, I mean, we'll get into Ceballos and the preseason and stuff. You've been an Arsenal fan, Travis, since, do you say 2000 or so? So almost 19 years yeah. or so? Yeah. Almost 20 years. If you, if 2007, when you got to the final, you beat us, Henri scored yeah. in the Bernabeu, just burned Ramos yeah. alive. Uh, yeah. You got to the final, you lost against Barca. If someone had told yeah. you at that moment, that's the closest you'd get to tasting success, apart from a couple FA Cup victories. How would you feel? Uh, I wouldn't have been shocked, to be honest with you, um, because it, you know we were. That was um, that. That was the the time when we were moving from Highbury into the Emirates, and so everything that was being promoted from the club, from you know the media, which was obviously getting their information from uh, the club, was that we were going to be going through austerity, financial austerity. Um, Vieira had just left uh, prior to that. Um, and we knew that even though that we had held on to um, Thierry Henry another year after that, that he wasn't going to be for, for much longer. So it was really going to be um, the this new period of bringing the kids up, making sure that we're still able to pay our the, the mortgage, essentially, at, at the Emirates. And that expectation was kind of set from from a competitive standpoint, I think, early on. Now, uh, we did. We were very successful. We never re- fell out of the group stages of the Champions League. We always made the knockout rounds, um, but I, th- those were always off the back of subpar squads, at least in comparison to that 06 squad and even a couple of years before that, the Invincibles. So, yeah, had someone told me, okay, this is going to be the closest you get to, you know, it, it, the, the format itself lends to luck and unpredictability. Uh, unpredictability, excuse me. You know, you can. Take a look at the Ajax 
Tottenham league, uh, league last year uh, as an example of that. But I didn't think that it would be a regular occurrence, no. And I, I'm being very honest. <laughs> well, that's interesting. I, I expected a different answer, but um, it is interesting that you looked at it that way and that your reasoning makes sense to me. I think at the time, you know, if you if you told me like that about Real Madrid in terms of like what their immediate destiny would be, I would have been a bit surprised because um, that in like the next few years we'd still be as bad as we were because in '07, yeah. really when when Henri scored against us, and if you remember the second leg, the nil nil was maybe one of the most entertaining nil nil draws we've seen. Um, it was just back and forth at at Highbury. And, uh, but at the same time, it really, I was like, even if we get through this, there's no way we're going to challenge anyone for this title. Like this team is not good enough. Like we had a mishmash of Cassano off the bench and Robinho and just us kind of like a bunch of makeshift guys. And then two years, or I think it was the year after, um, that, uh, we lost against Liverpool 4-0 at Anfield and we got knocked down. Then after that, it was. Then you start getting into 2009, and we lost against Leon. Even when when Ronaldo and Kaka and Benzema and Xabi Alonso had arrived, so it's like that would have shocked me. I think I thought Arsenal like that. You look at that team; it was pretty remarkable. It was um, it was Henri was still at at a very high level. I wouldn't I don't know yeah. if it was at his peak, but he was like that. And that goal against Ramos really was was a complete dagger for us. So, um, you know, yeah, it was I quite the solo goal. It was. Sure. It was. I do. I would love to see Arsenal back on top. You know, I think as a, as a neutral football Same fan, <laughs> yeah. As but even as a neutral football fan, I always kind of just like the way they played. They played a nice brand of football. Yeah, they never really did that's anything that would drive me. you nuts. So, yeah, that, that's what attracted me to becoming an Arsenal fan when I did. Um, I, I tuned into Fox Soccer World at the time, and it was a match at Highbury, and they were just flying up and down the pitch, and I was like, "Who are these guys?" Right. I mean, results. I, I, I didn't care about the results. I was watching what I thought was the best soccer I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah. And that's what attracted me. But yeah, that was, you know, right at the beginning of where you kind of sense that there were going to be something very special. And, you know, they'd won the, the FA Cup prior uh, in the league. They, done, they did the double um, before that. But, um, you know, that's when Henri was coming into his prime. That's when Vera was running things. That's. It, it was the back four that was so hard to get past. And, yeah, it, it's definitely a shell of what we used to be, but um, that was a lot. A large part of it was self-imposed because they felt that the, the, the best way to move financially forward within you know global soccer was to build a stadium and to, to meet those pretty high obligations with the, the banks that they uh, took the loans out from they had to kind of go through that self period of austerity. And that was again, before all the money flew into the EPL. Um, you know, I think that would have made things very different for Arsenal. So if, if they built the stadium now, like Spurs did, you know, Spurs built their stadium and then just spent 65 million pounds, you know, on a midfielder. So it's very different times building a stadium now as an EPL team versus back when Arsenal did it. Fast forward to 2019 now. Um, yeah. You, you are in the situation where you would really like to see an injection of, of talent and game-changing yeah. players. And and obviously, you know, your defensive line was already kind of wonky and uh, and penetrable. And also your your depth is also taking a hit with Koscielny now <clears throat> wanting to leave. 
I'm not sure what where Barry Bayerin's health is. Um, what's happening with Ozil? It was it seemed like the club really hyped him up with a with a back heel pass at the halfway line this morning when I checked their Twitter. Um, your only signing of the summer has been Gabriel Martinelli from Brazil. Yep. But we seemed at the time of this recording, it's not official yet. But Danny Ceballos seems to be on his way to London uh, for a loan spell. Where do you see him fitting in this team? Yeah, no. First of all, I'm very excited to see how he plays um, uh, uh, with Arsenal. I think that given the the, the game time that he's going to get with us, um, you know, and, and knowing just his natural talent and ability, I think it's going to be very exciting to see him play at Arsenal. But I, I, I definitely see him taking up um, a role very similar to, to the one that Aaron Ramsey had. Uh, during the last years of Arsene Wenger and last year when he was allowed to express himself going forward under Unai Emery. Um, I, I, his ability to dribble, I, I'm, I'm very excited to see how he plays uh, in the Aaron Ramsey role just because uh, Ramsey is very effective going forward both uh, with the ball and finding space without the ball. And, you know, in, in talking to uh, Marin and, and being able to, to read some up on you know be able to read upon this guy uh before the the podcast being able to kind of follow the the transfer dealings it seems like he'd fit very well in Emery's system because we lack that guy outside of ramsey ozil um mostly took up space uh in the channels last year didn't really play that attacking mid position that was free to run all across the pitch as he saw fit under arson banger so i don't exactly know how he's going to play and interchange well with mesut ozil but I definitely think, in terms of uh, of having that that playmaker uh, from maybe a deeper spot than the ten, like like the eight, like uh, like a true box to box, I think he's going to be uh, uh, very well. I, I don't necessarily know a whole lot about his defensive capabilities, but I do think that if we do pair him with um, uh, like a Lucas Torreira, Torreira, or even Grant Xhaka, who sometimes has has lapses but otherwise can cover space quite well, I think he'll be fine. Mm. Well, defensively, I don't think you have much to worry about if you play him in the right scheme because um, he is his interception rates are very high. His defensive or his uh, his ball winning abilities statistically are very high. Passing accuracy definitely no problem, especially if it's short passing. Um, he he gets he's very strong and often gets fouled off the ball um just people just get frustrated and they they can't really get the ball off and they throw him around i think in terms of an a, a ramsey replacement which obviously ramsey was quite important for you guys um and kind of the situation with him losing him sucks um big gain for juve but they also paid quite a bit for him yeah sabios i think can do that uh, role and, and I would say his upside is even is much higher than Ramsey's. Um, granted, he hasn't proven anything in the Premier League yet, so it's maybe naive to say that. But um, tenacity, like A plus, passing A plus, um, his defensive work rate A plus. He'll he'll press for you. He'll track for you. Um, he can't be your deepest midfielder as Real Madrid have seen in nightmarish fast, in fashion a couple times. But as a box-to-box player who will like put his life on the pitch, he's he's up there, um, and a bit surprising to me that Zidane doesn't value like he's looking for midfielders elsewhere, and Ceballos is right like right there. 
But I think we're also kind of really that it's a loan spell and it's not it's not a permanent sale. So yeah. how do you view that part of it? Like this is well, in some ways a, a short term fix for you. So what's what's the actual game plan? You know, and I, I think that gets into kind of a deeper concern I have to be honest, and that it, it it's not even tied to uh, Sabios. It's not at all. It's mm. you know going back to what you just mentioned, where we've spent six million pounds on a Brazilian kid. Yeah, we're probably getting Sabios in on a loan, uh, but those are our first two deals, and then the third deal is going to be William. Uh, um, Saliba, uh, I think that's how yep. I pronounce his name. Is that correctly. finally going to go um, down? It, it, it sounds like it is. So um, it's going to be, you know, just about 25, 27 million pound deal, but then we're immediately loaning it back to Santien. So it's, we brought in a kid um, who admittedly is impressed pretty well in the, the few times that he's played in preseason, a loan option who's gone at the end of the year, and a defender at, at a position we need who we're not going to see for another 12 months. So, yeah. Do, do I like Ceballos? Yeah. Am I very excited to see him? Yeah. Am I going to be disappointed that he leaves at the end of the year? Absolutely. And so, it, it from a short-term standpoint, it makes sense for Arsenal to be taking this loan out because we're not spending any fees on it. His wages are relatively uh, lower in comparison to some of the other higher earners that we have on the, in the club. Um, and as long as we have Ozil on his 350 a week, then we're going to have to find creative ways to, to solve the, the squad from a wage perspective. I get it all, and yet at the same time, um, I, I still want to see more long-term solutions arriving this summer, and Ceballos is certainly not that, unless for some reason uh, Florentino Perez has a stroke and decides, yeah, he wants to sell him to us, which I don't think is ever going to happen, but you know, I, he's not a long-term option, so I hope he contributes very well. I hope we get top four this year. Um, but we are that club now that apparently is the the type that clubs like Real Madrid look to to loan out their players to get them experience. And that's kind of disheartening as a fan who, again, been around for almost 20 years, knows what it used to be. What What's the latest with Daddy Welbeck? Uh, he was released. So he's and that's for it. Like we, we don't know where he's going yet, though, right? I, I haven't seen any news on him. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I know obviously he's probably still recovering from his injury. Pretty yeah. gruesome one at that. Yeah. So, but I, I haven't heard where he's going to end up at. So to bring us up to speed and like, just kind of give Real Madrid fans a, a sneak peek or a preview of what yeah. we should expect to the game tonight. Um, this is preseason. Um, it is what it is. It's not that important, but it is exciting also just to like kind of see the, the younger players play and, and some of the new signings play for Real Madrid. I know you can't say the same, uh, but you've played three, se- three preseason games by now. What is the trend? What should we expect from memory? Uh, and what have your thoughts been so far? So as far as tonight goes, um, I would, if for Real Madrid fans, I would definitely look to see... Um, Real Madrid facing an Arsenal squad that, for, at least from a starting perspective, uh, is going to be something that resembles uh, what we field the first week versus Newcastle. Um, so Lucas Torreya is still out because he was involved in the Copas. Uh, so I would expect to see Granit Xhaka pair with Joe Willock, who's impressed quite uh, quite well in that uh, deeper line midfielder position, that one that normally Torreya has, um, would be playing in if he were with the squad right now. 
but I, I would definitely expect to see Ozil starting. I'd expect to see Aubameyang starting, Mkhitaryan. Um, I, I would, you know, it doesn't really matter who we start in defense. We're going to get torn to shreds. So it's, it, but I, I, you can absolutely expect to see Socrates and probably uh, Callum Chambers um, playing back there. Rob Holding, who I think is a long-term option for us at center back is still recovering from a knee injury, a, a torn ACL that he suffered versus Manchester United last December. And his progress has been actually pretty good from all indication. He traveled with the club this year, or excuse me, for uh, the, the preseason this year. Um, and I think that by the time the uh, August ends, we'd expect to see him probably starting, if not playing uh, significant minutes and matches. Um, but I would, expect to see uh again guys like ainsley maitland nile starting at right back mm. um and um probably nacho monreal and said kolasinich uh playing as well so I, I would expect to see a full squad to at least start out the match um it's supposed to be pretty hot down in dc uh this evening so obviously that combined with the friendly nature of the match there's gonna be quite a few substitutions but i think emory wants to see how his uh, bona fide starters going into the season with the way the squad is right now stack up versus a club like Real Madrid. Um, I don't expect anything from a result standpoint, and, and frankly, probably like a lot of other people, I don't care about the the final score. I do want to see improvement on uh, defensive lapses that were kind of showing themselves in the first half versus Fiorentina last week. Um, and again, that was more of a, a youth squad, so I don't really put uh, too a lot of stock in that, but you know, it is our nature the last few years to have some absolute howlers on defense. And, you know, I, I want to see us play a little bit more tight, a little bit more controlled versus a club like Real, who is very dynamic from front to back. So that's what I'm expecting for tonight. Um, I hope that we can at least, you know, prove ourselves worthy of the Real Madrid challenge um, because we need to hit August running. Last year we were unfortunate, and we started out the season having uh, matches versus uh, Manchester City and Chelsea to start off the season. So we started mm. no points out of six. And uh, this year I'd like to see us start uh, with a much better um, uh, result on the first few matches, and I want to see them build off of that. So. Well, Real Madrid also ha are not any uh, have not been a preseason juggernaut in the past couple seasons by any means. So, um, you know, like against Bayern in the second half, we were really excited to see a bunch of new new young signings play and take Fusa Kubo, Kubo and um, and Rodrigo Goes and and Vinicius Junior. Obviously, playing with them too was kind of fun and Luka Jovic. But you know, they were also playing with like uh, a, an entire midfield and defensive line of young players in the youth reserves and so like we didn't really get to see them to their full capacity so i if you're expecting like you know let's put a a big performance in a big test against real madrid i don't know what kind of test you're actually going to get it may be an underwhelming <laughs> yeah. real madrid side but you know it also may be maybe good so as you said really who cares like you know we look at the process in the preseason and then and and take very little in terms of how much of an indicator X game is in the preseason and and how much it actually predicts how the season is going to go. Not much. Right, uh, yeah. right. Uh, and our youth have been playing exceptionally well this tour. Um, I, I, I think I'm trying to remember the stat exactly, but I believe we've scored eight goals, seven of which have come from academy kids. Hmm. Um, you know, any, uh, Eddie Nketiah has scored th uh, three and had an assist by himself. Uh, he's been really pushing 
uh, United Emory to include him on the first in, in the first team this year, not send him out on the loan. Uh, again, Joe Willock was singled out by Mesut Ozil last week as one of the top performers in the in the club so far this summer. Um, and then, of course, you have Bukayo Osaka, who is a 17-year-old winger who is just electric, and he's been playing well about he, – he was a 17-year-old playing the U23s last year and scored 14, 15 goals. So um, the, the, the youth is – you can kind of see how they're going to develop the club from a foundational standpoint with the academy players. It's how they supplement those with talent from across Europe. And well, obviously England as well, and um, that's going to be the, the long-term vision the next couple of years for Arsenal and the true measure of success. I, I, I'm not expecting top four, but I want to see progress, and progress starts now. Progress starts watching the matches and saying, okay, even if it is preseason, even if they are playing Fiorentina, even if they are playing Colorado Rapids, I want to see them look the part and have the confidence to be to to build off of that and continue to develop so they can be. Uh, productive first team uh, players for Arsenal. Um, Ozil, by the way, it's his first yeah. game against Real Madrid since he left. Yes, sir. Yeah, I yep. didn't realize that until I saw someone uh, put it on Twitter today. Um, yeah. I, I just can't believe that really that that happened. Usually, we we play against our former players at least a number of times in, over the span yeah. of a few years. But um, so yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's unceremonious because it's a preseason game, but that'll be cool to see a little bit. Well, uh, yeah, and yeah. especially knowing that he, he still has a pretty decent relationship from all accounts with Zinedine Zidane. So um, I know he's always looked up to Zidane as a role model. And, uh, you know, I, I think that there's that some sort of mutual admiration there. Um, but, yeah, Ozil, yeah, either you, if you're an Arsenal fan, you either love him or you hate him. And um, he's, I think, demonstrated a much better approach and attitude to this upcoming season than he did last year going into a new season with uh, a new manager. So, uh, you know, he's saying all the right things. He's doing all the right things. Um, he's kind of looked the part on the pitch when he's been out there. Uh, so it should be interesting to see how he plays versus, you know, some some of his former teammates if, you know, they, they end up being on the pitch at the same time as him. Um. Pretty much going to wrap it up here. I think we got all our talking yeah. points. And uh, but uh, but where can people find your work and and follow you and stuff? Yeah. Uh, so uh, again, I'm I'm with the Short Fuse. Um, you can look there for Arsenal news, opinions, uh, some sort of jokes from time to time. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Travis E King. Um, maybe grow off my 268 followers. <laughs> um, but no, that's you know that's kind of where you can find me these days. Um, yeah, it's come check us out. We're we're pretty friendly though to people who aren't Arsenal fans. So yeah, Ars- okay. Arsenal fans of uh, have are, are quite humble, I'd say. Um, kind of have to be. They kind of yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much that changes if you if you start stumbling into like some some success, but. <laughs> Um, for yeah. now, they're quite an enjoyable bunch and a group of wonderful people. Um, so check out Travis's work. We'll link his Twitter in the show notes and go over to the short fuse uh, for Arsenal coverage. And I'm sure they'll have match coverage tonight. So if you want to see the Arsenal perspective, head over there. Uh, Travis, thank you so much for doing this, my friend. And uh, hey, thank you very and, much for having me. And talk soon. Thank you. All right. Take care now. <laughs>